What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Between the Lines Sports Podcast. Today we're going to be going over a Week 7 college football recap. Uh, We'll go over our picks and talk a little bit about some of the games. And then we're going to do our picks and talk about the games for this upcoming week, Week 8. We've got a lot more games to go over this week, being that uh, Big Ten has finally started back up. So we've got some of those games on there, as well as the SEC and – some other big games that we kind of noticed. Yeah, so just reviewing week seven, the first game that we had on the docket was Auburn at South Carolina, and Auburn was favored by three and a half. Uh, we both picked South Carolina to win outright and to cover the three and a half at home. So wasn't really surprised with the outcome. South Carolina got down early. Auburn was moving the ball, and then they kind of went away from their running game. I think Bo Nix had like 47 or 50 pass attempts during the game, and South Carolina really just – uh, it started to dominate second half. I think they were down 16 to 14 and then outscored Auburn um, 16 to six in the second half and ended up winning 30 to 22. I'm just, I'm kind of impressed with South Carolina. They've really turned it on. They, their offense is like we've talked about pretty methodical, but they move the ball effectively. They have some good receivers with Shai Smith and their tight ends. And then their running backs have kind of emerged out of nowhere too, kind of running back by committee, but they're, they're pretty strong and they're playing well. And um, honestly, it really looked like Sakana was a better team on Saturday. Yeah, and I think uh, when we talked about it last week, I think we both kind of agreed on that. Um, uh, South Carolina has had a pretty tough schedule to this point. And then, you know, they played uh, – it was Missouri, right? And then they just drummed. No, Vandy. Vandy, yeah, yeah. Vandy, and they just drummed them. And, you know, they played us close. And so, uh, you know, we both thought they were going to win this game – and. Sure enough, they did, so. For sure, so uh, another big one for Sacramento this week, so we'll talk about that. But the next game that we had was Ole Miss at Arkansas, and Ole Miss was favored by a point and a half. That line moved all over the place all week, and I think by game time it was almost a pick in some places. But I had Arkansas winning. You had Ole Miss winning. Arkansas ended up winning, but honestly, it could have gone either way. This was a game between two teams that I think are probably on the upswing, new coaches playing well. Uh, offenses are playing much better than anticipated. Arkansas's defense is a little better right now, I think, and they got actually got six interceptions. They were playing the same zone that they played on Mississippi State and uh, really confused Corral and Ole Miss's offense and uh, really allowed them to get up to a 20 nothing halftime lead, and then they just kind of held on in the second half and ended up uh, winning the game by 12, 33 to 21. But um, I think the biggest thing I took from this game is both teams just – they're a little better than I thought and, and continue to impress me. Yeah, uh, Arkansas is definitely a lot better than I originally thought. Their defense is looking really strong. Uh, you know, new coaches on both teams is uh, kind of exciting for the conference. And, you know, with uh, Kiffin and everything, their explosive offense. So I was kind of surprised that, you know, they held them to 21 points. But and I definitely thought they were going to win too. But like you said, it was kind of a flip a coin type game, so it really could have gone either way. But Arkansas had the the better defense, I would say, and that was the the game changer. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the next game that we had was Texas A and M at Mississippi State. Texas A and M was favored by four and a half. We both took Texas A M and the points. Uh, Texas A M dominated this game. They really look like they've gotten on track. Uh, with the Florida win and now this game, their defense played really well. 
winning the game 28-14. to 14. Mississippi State has just really struggled, especially after that first game against LSU. They've had the losses at home to Arkansas, the performance at Kentucky where they only scored two points on defense, and then this game against A&M where they were only able to put up 14. And I think that's more because A&M was just kind of playing bend but don't break in the second half when they were up three scores. Yeah. So A&M looks like maybe they're finding their groove. They're playing a lot better in Mississippi State. Maybe it looks like um, – I don't know. A Mike Leach coach team. He's he's really struggled. When he was at Washington State, he struggled his first two years there. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think it takes time to develop that system and get it put in place and kind of play that kind of style. But Texas A&M definitely is impressive to this point. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's the thing too. It takes a, a couple of years to establish a program and get everything, you know, clicking how you want to. So just give them some time. I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, so then the last game for the SEC was the game of the week across the country. We had uh, Georgia at Alabama. Alabama had the fiasco with Saban uh, falsely testing positive and having to test Thursday, Friday, and Saturday negative so he could get on the sideline. It was a huge storyline. And, of course, it ended up happening, and he was on the sideline for the game. Alabama was a four-point favorite. We both picked Alabama to win. I picked Alabama to cover four, and you picked Georgia to keep it within four, a field goal game or so. Um, and it looked like it was going to be that way for a while. We had back and forth in the first half, and really Georgia was playing better in the first half. And then second half, or at halftime, Georgia went in 24-20. Alabama outscored them 21 to nothing in the second half. Looks like they made a few adjustments. Stetson Bennett uh, made a few mistakes second half, and I was really surprised to see Georgia almost completely abandon the run game in the second half, especially when they were moving the ball so effectively. Um, I think they were averaging over four yards a carry. Yeah. in the first half against Bama's defense. So it was kind of strange to see them go away from that. But I just Alabama's offense is really explosive, and Georgia could only stop them so many times. So I uh, wasn't really surprised with the outcome. I was a little surprised with how wide the margin was at the end. But, again, yeah. like I said, I didn't think Georgia would be able to beat Alabama in Bryant-Denny. Yeah, I, I thought the uh, I thought Alabama would for sure win. I just thought it would be a little bit closer outcome. But – uh, like you said, Alabama went into halftime, made the adjustments, and I don't think there's a team in the country that makes better halftime adjustments than Alabama. They always seem to figure something out, and whether it's both sides of the ball or one side of the ball, and get things rolling. For sure, Saban uh, obviously has got the reputation, but man, they, he just he gets it done over and over. Just finds different ways, changes his philosophy. They go from running eye formation and bleeding the clog to now they're try and score 70 a game and throw it all over the field. He just adapts so well and why is one of the best. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, getting out of the well, – we'll hit on the Kentucky-Tennessee game in a bit. But um, the first non-SEC game we picked was Pitt at Miami. We both had Miami winning. We had Pittsburgh covering 13-and-a-half on the road, and they did that. Um, the Tennessee game was on at noon, so I didn't see much of this game. But I know that Miami – one thirty-one to nineteen, uh, Pitt kind of stayed in the game like I thought they would. They're pesky. They're they're got a solid defense. I think Miami dominated the game for the most part, but Pitt was able to keep it within thirteen and a half. So we both hit that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything from that or no? I didn't really get going? to watch any of it because, like you said, it was during Tennessee game. So just all right, followed it. Oh. We'll just hit briefly on this next one because it was on at noon too. But Clemson at Georgia Tech. Clemson was favored by twenty-seven. We both picked Georgia Tech to cover uh, naively, and yep. then uh, Clemson won seventy-three to seven, the most points ever scored by an SEC ACC team against an ACC opponent in a game. 
Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like he uh, hasn't skipped a beat right back where they left off last year. And Georgia Tech, although they are a little improved, they have some good weapons, and I think Collins is going to do a good job there. They just uh, were outclassed on Saturday in that game, so I don't know that there's much else to say about that. Yeah, for sure. I just remember last week I picked Clemson. Uh, I picked Georgia Tech to cover because I had picked uh, Clemson and other teams to cover a four-touchdown spread multiple times <clears throat> and missed every single one. So uh, I kind of called it. I said, I'll pick them. I'll pick against them, and they'll finally do it. So, Yeah, no doubt. It's frustrating, but <laughs> that's what happens. College football. Yeah. The next one was Louisville at Notre Dame. So Notre Dame was favored by 17. We both took Notre Dame to win the game and to cover 17. And I don't. there was hardly 17 points total scored in this game. Notre Dame won 12 to 7, I believe. Yeah. Um, was really surprised at that. Louisville's defense has struggled this year. Notre Dame's offense has been dynamic, so it was just kind of one of those games. Just like the last one, you pick Clemson to cover, and or you pick Georgia Tech to cover, and Clemson goes off. This is Notre Dame. Kind of it was a closer game than they thought in the second half, probably, and they probably just played not to lose instead of trying to um, move the ball in the second half. And they they got the win. They won twelve to seven, but it was definitely much closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe they didn't score uh, at least double that. I figured they'd put at least. 24, 28 points up. So that surprised me for sure. Yeah, but, you know, you get in one of those games where it's back and forth like that, neither yeah. team scoring much, and the, the higher-ranked team, the team with the pressure, the team that's playing at home, kind of goes into a shell afraid to make a mistake and just trying to secure the, the win. So I think that's what Notre Dame did late in the second half. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one we had was UCF at Memphis. UCF was favored by three. Memphis won by one, 50 to 49. Um, it's really entertain. It was a really entertaining game down the stretch, especially for people that don't enjoy defense at all, because there was none in the second half of this game. I think UCF got up forty-nine to thirty-seven with about five minutes left, and Memphis scored, stopped them, and then got the ball back again and scored again. And then UCF got down in field goal range with about ten seconds left and missed a chip shot field goal. And then the kicker and the backup quarterback got into a heated debate on the sideline. So a lot of fireworks in this game, but. I think this is just a common theme with American conferences here, American Athletic. Uh, there's going to be a lot of high-powered offense and probably not much defense played. But, again, it was a pretty entertaining game. Yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about that, you know, it might have come down to who had the ball last, which it pretty much did. And probably UFC sh- uh, UCF should have probably won that. But, you know, um, missed field goal, obviously. So, it's tough. But I think it played out how we thought it would. For sure, it's typically a common team with those, uh, common theme with those teams like that. They go NASCAR offense. Oregon back in the day, their kryptonite was a kicker. Yeah. UCF kryptonite's a kicker, so not surprised with the result. Both teams look pretty even on offense, and again, their defenses are not anything to write home about. So. Yeah. What, what, it was, what a world twenty twenty is, where <laughs> UCF and Oregon are trying to rely on their kickers, and Alabama is actually reliable with their kicker. Yeah, that's – oh, God, yeah. The end of that half there for Alabama. But moving on to the next one, we had North Carolina at Florida State. North Carolina was favored by 13-and-a-half, and I remember talking on the podcast last week. This is one of those games that always tends to be wacky when they get together. Uh, crazy things happen, um, and that is what happened on Saturday night. In this game, Florida State got up huge. It ended up, They ended up 
scoring on their opening drive of the second half to go up actually their last drive of the first half, I believe, to go up thirty one to seven. And then North Carolina made a crazy rally down the stretch, got it to thirty one twenty eight. And then um Florida State got a stop because North Carolina's running back dropped a wide open check down on the last play. Uh, yeah. with like 40 seconds left. North Carolina maybe would have gotten field range or maybe even gotten down to score a touchdown, but Florida State secured the victory 131-28. to So one outright is a huge underdog. So we both missed North Carolina winning, but we both got correct that it would be within 14 points. So um, like I said, not surprised about that one. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a wild finish. I thought once North Carolina got down like that, there was no way they were going to come back. And then once they started to come back, I was thinking there's no way Florida State's going to hold on. So just a weird game, like you said. Uh, between them, it always seems to be that way. Um, the next game we had was Boston College at Virginia Tech. We both took Virginia Tech, and we both took them to cover the 12, and they did. They won the game 40-14. to 14. It was a pretty tight contest until about the beginning of the fourth, and then Virginia Tech really started to pile it on. Uh, like we talked about, I think Boston College is much improved. They got a good first-year coach, and I think he's going to get them where they want to go. Uh, just going to take some time. And Virginia Tech looks like a pretty high-powered offense and a, and a strong team again this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, the last one before the Tennessee game was the Kansas at West Virginia game. West Virginia was favored by 22-and-a-half. We both took West Virginia to win and to cover the 22-and-a-half, and we were right until about one minute left, and – Kansas broke a long touchdown run to get it within 21. So West Virginia ended up winning 38 to 17. So we both missed the spread, but we got West Virginia winning. I think the biggest thing here is West Virginia still looks like they're improving, looking strong under Neil Brown. Kansas looks like they're just in a tailspin right now. We'll see if Les Miles can get that turned around. But so far his record there is three and 13 and the schedule doesn't get any easier the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was a, Pretty shocking that they broke that touchdown to, to kill our spread, but it happens. Oh, yeah, those happened, the big spreads. Uh, let's see, but the last game, of course, was the one we were most interested in and turned out to be uh, really one of the more surprising results of the day was the Kentucky at Tennessee game. Tennessee was favored by six. Um, if you watch the game, the first, really the entire first half was pretty sloppy. Tennessee got down into Kentucky's uh, field, like Kentucky's side of the field early on. We're in field goal range on third down, took a deep sack to get knocked out of field goal range, punted the ball to Kentucky deep. Kentucky went three and out. Tennessee got the ball again, was going down, driving right down the field, got to Kentucky's 20, had a short second down play, miscommunication between the quarterback and the running back. Quarterback went to throw a uh, like a little wide receiver screen. Running back tried to take a uh, handoff from him fumbled the ball Kentucky recovered then Kentucky uh converted a third and nine on a screen pass and as the guy is getting tackled Tennessee's Bryce Thompson um, strips him Tennessee recovers have great field position um just a bunch of miscues first half there and then second started the second quarter was zero zero and you have um Tennessee trying to go for a third and four Instead of running the ball, they opt to throw a, like a, an out route to the wide side of the field. Garantano makes a bad read. Kentucky picks it, runs it back for a touchdown. Tennessee gets the ball back. They're moving right down the field, running, check downs to their running back, Eric Gray. Get down to Kentucky's 25, and Garantano makes another really bad read in zone coverage, which he's always struggled against. 
Linebacker picks it off, takes it back 85 yards for a touchdown. And really from there, the game was, was over. I didn't think that it was. I thought that if Tennessee's defense could hold Kentucky scoreless in the second half, Tennessee would find a way to win, especially after a drive to make it 17-7 to right before the half. But it really it just wasn't Tennessee's day. They got down. Um, just really one of the one of the worst performances I've seen from Tennessee in quite some time. Just Kentucky dominated the game thoroughly, especially in the second half. And hats off to them. They deserved to win that day. They made plays, obviously, as it goes, especially in Tennessee's General Nealon's Maxims, the team that makes the fewest mistakes will win. And Tennessee turned the ball over four times, and it's tough to win any game, especially in the SEC when that happens. And um, just obviously a disappointing result, but all you can do is put it in the rear view and, and get ready to move forward and hopefully finish out the season strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kentucky definitely came ready to play. Um, you know, they look good on defense, especially the first half with those two pick sixes. Uh, that was really a, a game changer and kind of the momentum to the game. And, you know, I think once they, they got both of those, they felt confident they were going to win. And uh, it almost looked like you could see it in Tennessee's you know, uh, emotions and the way they were playing it, they just they just didn't have it. wasn't their best day. Uh, I don't think they really gave up, but it just you know it didn't seem like they had the drive that they normally would. Uh, but you know, other than that, just got to fix some things. Um, had you know in, inconsistent line pass blocking and uh, inconsistent quarterback play with some of the decisions and stuff, but, you know, we ran the ball well. I mean, Eric Gray had like almost 130 yards, so I was a little confused why we didn't keep running the ball in some of those situations, like the third and fourth stuff, just as well as we were running it. But, you know, I'm not a coach or anything, so I'm going to leave it up to them. But uh, just got to learn from it, get better, and, you know, move on to this week against Alabama. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that stuck out to me too and to a lot of people is um... – Obviously, in the first half with the mistakes, but Tennessee outgained Kentucky, two hundred and three to seventy-five in total yards in the first half. Tennessee was moving the ball up and down the field, but turning the ball over and and just killing themselves with their own mistakes and and getting sacked on third down and not picking up short third downs that they could have picked up. Um, and that's another thing too is I just think if Tennessee would have committed to running the ball, stayed with running the ball, especially early on, and could have built a lead seven to nothing instead of trying to throw the ball in some of those downs and distances that they would have been much more successful and honestly even won the game. I don't know. I, I mean, hats off to Kentucky for winning the game. I still think Tennessee is the better team. I think if we played again that we would beat them, um, especially if we executed and did our things that way. But that's the beauty of sports and the beauty of college sports is that on any day anybody can beat anybody. But um, I just feel that, especially with Pruitt's comments after the game, wanting to commit to the run and we need to be a run first team. And I think that maybe you'll see that develop because – that's what our strength is on the line and our strength of our team, our two best offensive players or two of our three best offensive players are running backs. You just got to, you got to commit to doing it more and you got to stick with what's successful. Even if occasionally you go three and out, run the ball three times, you got to stick with it because you got to prove that you can do it and you got to prove that you'll stick with it. And I think that, I think that's what we need to do. And hopefully we get, get started on doing that this week. Yeah, for sure. I agree. All right. So with last week's results, um, Straight up, Blair is 37 and 17. I'm 38 and 16. And against the spread, Blair is 25, 28 and 1. And I'm 32, 21 and 1 for the season. So, all right. So, this week is week eight of college football. We've got 
the Big Ten, like we talked about earlier, the Big Ten coming back this week. So we've got a few more games to run through here. We'll try to go through them a little more quickly, and we'll hit the SEC games at the end this time. So we'll change it up so we can hit on those a little more. So the first game I have is actually a Friday night game, and this is the Big Ten kickoff for the year. And it's Illinois at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, without playing a game, is ranked 14th somehow and is favored by 19 and a half. So, again, we don't really have much to go off of because they're just now this is like opening week for them. I like Wisconsin to cover 19 and a half. They're at home. Last year, Illinois kind of um, upset the apple cart with their season, give, handing them their first loss before that Ohio State matchup last year on a field goal on the last play. I think Wisconsin's going to bounce back, and I like them to win this game by 20. Even though that's a big number for a first game, I like them to cover it. Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, Illinois is never really a, a good team in football. And that is uh, pretty much every year. They have a couple of good games here and there, but Wisconsin's normally pretty strong, and they're at home. So uh, I like them to win the game, and I think they will cover the 19 and a half. All right. The next game we have is Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson is favored by 46 points at home in a conference game. Oh, man. I mean, they're obviously they won by 66 last week on the road, so it's not unbelievable. But I think, again, going with my just with my basic number system in this, I think that Clemson is going to jump out early. They're going to get Lawrence is going to put up his stats first half. I think they'll be up probably multiple scores at the half. And I think that Dabo is going to get some players, some, some, some backup guys, some time in the second half. I just I really find it hard to believe that they're going to put up the offensive numbers two weeks in a row that they did. Now, I'm not going to be surprised if it happens, but I just think that Clemson will take their foot off the gas a little early, maybe play some backups, and maybe Syracuse will put up a better fight than Georgia Tech did. I like Clemson to win the game big. I just don't think that I can take them covering 46 points in a conference game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Clemson will definitely win by, you know, probably four touchdowns or so. But uh, I I can't take them to cover by 46 against another ACC team. That would put them at covering 100 points. They would outscore by 100 points in two uh, back-to-back weeks against ACC teams, and I just don't see that happen. Yeah, to put that into perspective, earlier in the year they played Citadel, and I think they were only a 48-point favorite over Citadel. So I think Syracuse would handle Citadel. Yeah. But uh, I could be wrong. For sure. <laughs> okay, the next game we got another Big Ten opener. This one is Nebraska at Ohio State. Ohio State's favored by 25-and-a-half. So if we go back to the summer um, when it seemed like the Big Ten, uh, towards the end of the summer when SEC and ACC were standing strong, but the Big Ten acted like they weren't going to play and they thought they were going to be the leader in all this. Nebraska was one of the teams that were more outspoken, was given the Big Ten a hard time, saying we're going to leave and play, pursue another conference, this kind of thing. And I think for that reason, Nebraska was rewarded with having to open up at Ohio State to open the season. So um, I don't know. I think Nebraska could be sneaky good this year. I think they have a lot of pieces coming back. I think Frost is a good coach, and he's still trying to figure it out there. First game, um, man – Ohio State, we know they're strong. Justin Fields coming back. They got all the weapons around them. They got a pretty experienced backfield. Defense is strong, as we know. Just 26 points on an opener when you haven't seen them against Nebraska, who I think could be decent. <sighs> give me Ohio State, but give me the points with Nebraska. I think Nebraska keeps it within 25 and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, and Nebraska's typically a pretty decent team. It's not Illinois or anything like that. And I can definitely see Ohio State winning by like three touchdowns. 
but I mean, we're talking about four scores here. So four touchdowns at that, uh, basically. So, um, yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they did, you know, just come out there and just drum them. But like you said, Nebraska's got a good team for us, a good coach. I think they're building something. Um, first game of the year, got to get those first game jitters out. So uh, I'll take Ohio State and Nebraska to cover. All right. Next one we've got this week is NC State at North Carolina. NC State and North Carolina are both ranked in the AP poll for their matchup for the first time since 1993. thought that was an interesting fact. But North Carolina is favored by 15.5 at home. Um, rivalry game. Oh, man, that's a big number. I think that North Carolina is going to win the game. Obviously, bounce back from last week against Florida State. That disappointing performance. I think that they're – I guess I'm going to take them to cover 15.5. I don't – I'm not confident in that pick, but I just think their offense is really strong. I think they're going to come out with something to prove. And I'm going to take them to cover the 15.5, even though that's a little more than I'm comfortable with. Okay. Uh, I think they will win as well, but I think North Carolina State will cover. Uh, rivalry game. Um, North Carolina State is actually better than what they've been probably in the past few years, so – I think they'll keep it pretty close, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know a two, 10, 14 point game with in UNC's favor. But I think uh, sixteen points is just too much for me. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. So yeah, uh, let's see. So we're gonna hold the SEC games to the end today, so we can talk about them a little more. The next one we have is Oklahoma at TCU. Oklahoma is favored by six and a half. Oklahoma coming off a bye week last week after beating Texas in four overtimes a couple weeks ago. TCU's played pretty well, too, although they have lost to Iowa State and Kansas State at home. They did have the win over Texas on the road. I think they're a pretty solid team, too, pretty good defense. But I like Oklahoma to, to uh, win this game and cover the six and a half. I think that they have found their stride. They look like they were playing much better against that Texas team, and now they've had an off week to get ready for this game. I like them to cover and to win by six and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Big 12 this year is just kind of – so inconsistent it seems like anybody in that conference can beat anybody in that conference with you know within those top tier teams uh pretty much any day so uh i like oklahoma in this one i think they're truly the better team and i think they'll win and cover the six and a half points but i honestly wouldn't be surprised if tcu found a way to win yeah for sure oh let's see the next one i have is florida state at louisville louisville is favored by five points I like Louisville to win this game. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover Florida State coming off the huge high of upsetting number five at North Carolina at home last week. Louisville played Notre Dame tough. They're finally coming back home. Looks like maybe they figured out a few things on defense. Their offense is still pretty solid. I don't know. I just have a feeling Louisville's going to win this game and cover the five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like Louisville at home. Uh, defense looks strong. I think Florida State's going to have a little bit of a hangover after their game last week. So, uh I think Louisville will win by at least a touchdown. All right. So we're either going to be wrong on a lot of these or right on a lot of these because we uh, are picking pretty similarly. But let's see. So the next one we have is this is actually one of the better matchups of the week. I think we have Iowa State at Oklahoma State uh, tied for first place in the Big 12, both undefeated in the league. Um, Oklahoma State is favored by three and a half, and it is at Oklahoma State. I really like Iowa State. 
I think they're really good. I think that loss to Louisiana in the first week was maybe a fluke. Not that I don't think Louisiana is good, but I think if they played now that Iowa State would be able to handle them. It looks like they found themselves. Brock Purdy's playing really well at quarterback for Iowa State. The defense is coming on. Like I said many times, I really like Matt Campbell. You got Oklahoma State, who's ranked number six in the country. They had that tough showing against Tulsa in the first week that they played, but then they played pretty strong defense, which is not really the most characteristic for them or any Big 12 team, but they're playing pretty strong defense this year. They uh, smacked Kansas. They beat West Virginia pretty good at home, although the score was pretty close. They dominated the game. And then this past week, they had their game against Baylor postponed because Baylor's problems with Corona. So I like Iowa State a lot. I just don't know if they can go on the road and get this one done. I hope Oklahoma State's basically had two weeks to prepare for them because of not having, not playing against um, Baylor last week, although – this one's – I'm kind of doing this one with my heart. I, I like Iowa State to win the game on the road. I, I just like Iowa State. I want them to win this game. I like Campbell. I'm going to take them to win the game straight up. Okay. Uh, yeah, that will, honestly wouldn't surprise me. I think I agree with you on a lot of that. Uh, I think that first game against Louisiana was kind of a fluke thing. Um, and I definitely think they're good enough to, to beat Oklahoma State. I just like Oklahoma State at home, and I think they'll cover the three and a half. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. I just, I really like Iowa State, really like Matt Campbell, and I, I want to see that happen. So, yeah, I agree. Could probably cost me in the picks, but that's okay. Sorry, right. you got no spread on me already as it is. <laughs> uh, I can go away in a week. Let's see. Next one I've got, we got another Big Ten opener Penn State at Indiana. So, Penn State ranked in the top 10. Obviously, Franklin's got that program rolling, coming off the uh, Cotton Bowl victory last year with a 12 and 2 season. Um, sorry, 11-2 and two season because they didn't make the Big Ten Championship. You have um, Indiana. They had a solid year last year, too. We saw them up close and personal play in Tennessee in the bowl game last year, and that was with their backup. They're going to have their uh, starting quarterback back, Michael Penix, this year. Um, I think he is a pretty solid player. I think Indiana's kind of sneaky good. I think they're a little underrated. I think this will be a really competitive game. Uh, especially as an opener, a big game for Indiana to show that they're maybe they can stay. I mean, they played Penn State pretty close last year on the road. Um, although I do think Indiana is going to play them competitive. I like Penn State to win and to cover seven. I think it'll be a one-score game, but the spread's six and a half, so I'm going to take Penn State to uh, to win the game by seven points. So Penn State covering the six and a half. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Penn State at the end of the day, is the better team. I think they get better talent. I think they have better coach. Um, I think they're going to come out. I think most of these Big Ten teams are going to come out, you know, full head of steam. You know, this is a long anticipated wait for them. Uh, you know, we're sitting almost the end of October before they even get to play their first game of the year. So I think it's going to be an exciting week uh, as far as Big Ten football goes. But I think Penn State will come out and take care of business and cover the six and a half. Yeah, I mean, to your point there, I mean, if they want to have a chance of making playoff, they're going to have to come out firing, right? Because, I mean, yeah, exactly. Especially with their protocols are a little different. So I was hearing today on the radio, even if there's a false positive, the player that tests with the false positive is out for 21 days. So that's pretty insane. That's a big um, 10. Yeah. That's big crazy. 10. False positive, even if they do the thing Saban did where they go through three straight negatives, it's a 21 day quarantine. So. I, I've struggled to believe they're going to get through a season doing that. They might have to amend that. Who knows? 
they thought yeah. that they were going to be the standard bearer and make the rules for everyone, and then they realized that nobody was going to bend to them, bend the knee to them. So yeah, all it's going to we'll take is one big name player for it to happen to, like let Justin Fields get it or have a false positive or whatever, and you know th- they'll get it taken care of. I'm sure they would have to. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that develops. But so we have. I'm skipping over these SEC games still. We're going to hit those at the end. So the next one I have is this is actually a really fun matchup too. This will be Saturday night. Michigan uh, favored by two and a half at Minnesota. Minnesota had a strong team last year, beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl, finished 10-3, and three, I believe. Michigan, obviously, they're always solid, but they seem to underwhelm a bit. They lose games they shouldn't, lose games that are hyped, they get blown out in. Again, I think this is just like the Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I'm going to wish this one into existence. Uh, I want Minnesota to win the game. I think it's pretty evenly matched. I think it's a big opener for Minnesota, although there won't be any fans in the stands. I think this is a, a, a chance for Minnesota to, to establish and maintain and, and maybe even gain on their reputation. They got a lot coming back. They got the receiver that opted out. Um, Bateman, I believe is his name, he opted out, but he got back in. Um, getting him back, I just they got a lot coming back. I really like Minnesota. I think they're going to win this game at home outright. Yeah, like you said, they got a lot coming back. They had a really good team last year. Um, Michigan, to me, is kind of one of those teams that's overrated year in and year out. So uh, until they, you know, prove otherwise, I can't really think that they're as good as they are supposed to look on paper uh, when they put these matchups up and the spreads up. So uh, I like Minnesota at home, uh, regardless. So I think they'll win and cover. All right. So the next one we have is actually probably one of the games, maybe even turned out to be the game of the year in the American Athletic. You have number nine, Cincinnati, and number 16, SMU, both teams undefeated. SMU is favored by two and a half at home. This one stands out to me. I really like Cincinnati. I think their defense is really strong. SMU's offense is really high-powered, but Cincinnati can move the ball too. I just I think Cincinnati's going to go on the road and win this game and really assert themselves as the top team in the American Conference. Even though they're the underdog in this one, I like them to win it straight up. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I picked against Cincinnati earlier in the the year. I can't remember who it was against. Um, Army. Army, that's right. And uh, they kind of proved me wrong, and I've been watching them ever since. And they're, they've got a really strong team, really strong defense. So I think they'll they'll go to SMU and – kind of take care of business. It was actually surprising to me that SMU was favored, uh, you know, even though they're at home. But uh, it's just tough spread. But, I, I mean, it really could be a coin flip. You know, SMU could find a way to win. But I, I really do think that Cincinnati will find a way. All right. Next one is Baylor at Texas. Texas is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Baylor has not played since they played Kansas. Texas had a week off last week after getting beat by Oklahoma. I like Texas to win the game, but I don't like them covering eight and a half against anybody right now with the way their defense is. So Texas to win the game, Baylor to cover eight and a half at home. I mean, sorry, at Texas. I just I think Baylor's got a good coach in Aranda. I think they can move the ball well. I think that they'll be able to move the ball pretty consistently on Texas' defense. And like I said, Texas to win, but Baylor to keep it within one possession. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I don't trust Texas defense at all. So I like them to win the game, though, because I think they're the better team at the end of the day. But I think Baylor will cover the eight and a half. 
All right, and one more non-SEC game this week. Iowa favored by three at Purdue. Again, another opener for the Big Ten. This one is interesting. Purdue, uh, their head coach, Jeff Brom, is going to be out because he tested positive. So they're going to have an interim coach for this game and probably for a couple more weeks because of the Big Ten policy, again, of 21 days. Iowa, they're pretty solid. They lost a few good players to the draft last year. Still returned some good guys, but they've had all the turmoil in the offseason with the strength coach and the players suing the program and stuff because of alleged mistreatment and racial stuff. Uh, just seems a little toxic there, although I don't know that it affects the current team all that much. I think it's definitely something to watch. I think that um, I just I like Iowa. I've always liked Ference. I like the program. I think they're solid. They play hard-nosed football, and I like them to win this game and cover the three, but I would not be surprised at all to see Purdue pull this one out. Yeah, I like Iowa to cover the three points and win the game as well. Um, you know, they have a good team every year. Like you said, Purdue's going to be without their head coach. So I think that'll uh, hurt them in the long run in this one. So I, I like Iowa to cover and win. All right. So this week in the SEC, we have four games. Um, they've rearranged and swapped the schedule around a little bit because of some of the uh, the problems at Florida with the outbreak and the problems at Vandy with outbreak. They switched the schedule around more for Florida so that Florida and Georgia both had uh, a game and switched their off weeks up. Kind of crazy. But this week it moved um, Kentucky from playing Georgia at home to playing at Missouri, and that was really the only change this week. But um, the four games of the first one is Auburn favored by three and a half at Ole Miss. So I think this is an interesting game. You have – um, the developing story with the national storyline, and really you can see maybe the discontent on the sideline between Chad Morris and uh, Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Gus Malzahn, obviously every other year he's on the hot seat, and then he wins his way off. It's kind of stupid, really, with all that he's done there and the number of times he's beaten Alabama and Georgia in the top five to be on the hot seat, but that seems to always be the, con- the uh, discussion. And it's almost like how much longer is he going to let Morris keep calling the plays? I think they've regressed in points per game by like seven or eight points per game so far this year. They're really throwing the ball and putting a lot on Nix's shoulders when they have some solid running backs, including um, the new freshman Tank Bigsby. I think he only carried the ball like 16 times on Saturday against South Carolina. Um, I just I think they're they're in definite turmoil right now. But also Ole Miss, I mean, their offense is really strong. But you had Corral play a really bad game last week against Arkansas with the six picks, and their defense still is, struggles to stop people. So I think for those reasons, this could be one of the most interesting games of the weekend. I'm really looking forward to watching this one. And although the, I just said all that stuff about Auburn, I just think that they rally this week. I think that their defense is bet, way better than Ole Miss's. I think they find a way to get Ole Miss off the field more than Ole Miss does to them. And I think they maybe start – relying heavily on the running game and moving the ball down the field. And I think if they do that, Ole Miss will struggle to stop them. I like Auburn to win this game, and I like them to win it by more than three and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think uh, this could be a really competitive game. Uh, But like you said, um, Auburn's defense, I think, is going to carry them uh, to victory in this one. But I I like uh, Auburn's offense to kind of get things rolling, I think. Like you said, they'll run the ball some and kind of open things up for Nick and take a little bit of that pressure off his shoulders. And I can see him having a big game against Ole Miss's uh, defense. But so I'll take them to win and cover. All right, and let's do something new with the SEC games this week. Let's uh, give it a final score prediction for each game. 
Yeah, for the SEC game. So Auburn Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna take Auburn. Thirty-one twenty-four. All right, so Auburn thirty-one twenty-four. I got Auburn thirty-eight twenty-seven. Okay. I just think that, like I said, I think that Ole Miss will have some success. Obviously, Kiffin's tapped into a lot of things, and Corral can really move the ball. He's honestly, he's not Johnny Menzel, but he moves around like that back there. Can can find something when the play breaks down. I just think Auburn will will bring some blitzes. They've got some solid players on defense. I think that they'll play inspired and hard this week, and I think that. If they really stick to their running game, I think that they'll be able to move the ball at will against Ole Miss. I like them to win 38-27. All right, so the next one we have is Kentucky at Missouri. This one's really intriguing to me, too. I think Kentucky, they're just hard to read. I think that they're a solid team. I think their offensive line is great. I think they can really run the ball. I think uh, that's their strength on offense, and then they stick to it. And when they can get ahead or get even with you, it's really tough to defend, even when you know it's coming. That being said, I just I'm just not a believer. I know they just beat our team 34 to seven. I know they dominated the game, but the last two weeks and their two wins, you have Mississippi State throwing six interceptions, and then you have Tennessee turning the ball over four times. What's going to happen in the next game where they don't get the takeaways like that? I just, I, I'm just not a believer. I know that they beat Tennessee 34-7. I know they dominated Mississippi State 24-2. I just, I don't think that they're that good. They're favored by six in this game. Missouri looked strong two weeks ago against LSU. Put up over 600 yards of offense. Threw the ball over the field on LSU 145-41. We know LSU struggles at this point, but still, that's pretty impressive. I really like the freshman quarterback, Basilic for Missouri. I really like Roundtree, their running back. Uh, I think their defense is pretty salty in the front seven. I think they're pretty strong. I really like Bolton, the linebacker. He's probably one of the best players in the league that nobody knows about. I just – I don't know. I have a hard time with this one. I, I really think that Missouri can win this game at home. Um let's see. I'm going to, I'm going to take Missouri to win. I'm going to take Missouri to win the game. I just, I like them. I think that they're strong. I think Drinkwitz is a lot better coach than I, than I anticipated. I think that their defense can hold Kentucky in check. I think that they'll be able to move the ball through the air. I think Roundtree, they'll, they'll get him in space some against Kentucky. And I just, I'm not a believer. They could prove me wrong. They could win this game by two touchdowns, but I really like Missouri to win this game straight up and obviously to keep it within the six. So for my final score, I guess I'll go Missouri, uh, 24, Kentucky 20. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm pretty close right there with you, but I think Kentucky will find a way to win. Um, and that was my original score until I saw the spread, but I do think Kentucky will cover the spread. So I'm going to go 24, 17. Okay. Kentucky covering. So you got UK, I got Mizzou. Again, I could be completely wrong. I just I really like the what I've seen out of Missouri and Kentucky. They're just not impressive to me. I know that they can really run the ball, but if a team doesn't allow them to do that by making mistakes and letting them get the lead early, what how do they respond? So yeah, maybe we'll see yeah. this week. I'm just I don't I'm not a believer. <laughs> okay, so the last game before the Tennessee game this week is South Carolina at LSU. Again, I think this one's a really intriguing matchup. South Carolina is probably one of the hottest teams in the league the last two weeks. LSU is coming off a bye week at, um, where they two weeks before they got beat by Missouri. We just talked about 45-41. And they got um, – well, I guess they beat Vandy t- three weeks ago. But 
still, Vandy doesn't look like anything to write home about. So this is another really intriguing game. It's in Death Valley at night. But, again, you only have 20% capacity, so how much is that going to play into it? LSU's favored by six, and I really could see this game going either way. I think LSU's defense is really in shambles right now. Um, South Carolina's offense is really moving the ball well, and I think right now that they have the better defense. So I would not be surprised to see South Carolina win this game, although I can't pull the trigger on that. I think LSU, with two weeks to get ready, I think they're going to find a way to make enough plays to win this game. But I would not be surprised to keep see this kept within six points. But that being said, I just can't pull the trigger on it. I think LSU, um, even though that they're playing a freshman quarterback because Miles Brennan's out, I just I think that they're going to find a way. A way. This is a game they really need to win. I think if this wins, it could even start to go south for Orgeron, even though they won the national championship last year. Those Cajuns down there are crazy. They could start to turn on him, and turn on him at the drop of a hat. And this game could really get that started. I don't think that happens, though. I think LSU is going to win, and I think they're going to cover. Although I think they only win the game by, like, seven points, I think they're going to cover the six. I like LSU to win uh, 34-27. Okay. Yeah, I could see LSU winning, but I really like how South Carolina is playing right now. So I think I'm going to take them to win and to cover, obviously. Um but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU found a way to win at home. But I just really like how South Carolina is playing, and I think they're playing better on both sides of the ball. So I think that'll be their advantage this week. And I guess this is my upset of the week. Uh, yours was Missouri over Kentucky. This is mine. Uh, South Carolina over LSU. I'm going to go with a score of – let's see. I'm going to go 28-21 South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. I actually think USC is the better team at this moment. I really like their defense. I think they're playing inspired from Muschamp. I just, I think they're playing strong. But I just, out of, it's tough to pick against LSU at home in this situation. But would not be surprised at all to see South Carolina win. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the last one of this week is the Alabama Tennessee game. Um, Alabama favored by twenty one. A lot of people are saying they think that's low. Um, I mean, honestly, I can't really disagree at this point with what we've seen out of Alabama and what we've seen out of Tennessee the last two weeks. It's crazy. You go six quarters ago, Tennessee was up on Georgia at the half on the road, thinking, hey, can they find a way to close this out? Close this out. Then they have the seven turnovers in a four-quarter span. So we've just gone south from there. Still, though, I think that if Tennessee takes care of the ball and they run, try, they commit to running the ball, I could easily see them keeping this within 21 points and, and having some success. But just with the inconsistency, um, it's really hard to gauge what's going to happen. We know what, what you're going to get out of Alabama. I think that they're going to give up some more points. I think that Tennessee will be able to score some points. But it's just how many times can they stop Alabama? Their defense um, or their offense can't put them in bad situations. They can't turn the ball over. They can't go quick three and outs continuously. They're going to have to sustain some drives. They're going to have to be on the field some. They're going to have to control some time of possession to stay in this game. Um, and I'm, it's, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this is a really competitive game. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. We know Alabama's offense is strong, but they haven't had a bad game really to this point either. So could they make some mistakes? Could they th- put the ball on the ground a few times? Could they throw some interceptions? Can Tennessee find a way to get their defense um, – to play some zone or something or some deep zone to confuse Mac Jones. There's a lot of things that could happen. 
at the end of the day, even though I hate it, I think Alabama is going to win the game. But I like Tennessee to keep it within 21. I think they're going to rally. I think they'll fight. And I just I, I like Tennessee to keep it within 21. That may be a little homer, but I just I, I think that's going to be the case. I think that Tennessee will keep it within 21 points. So let's see. Um, I don't know. Barely within 21, I guess, with the score prediction. But let's say Alabama 38, Tennessee 23. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean, I think this is probably Alabama's not even worst, not to say worst, but because their defense is still pretty good, but probably their worst defense in probably some years. Uh, you know, they're just not that typical defense that they've had uh, here recently. So um, I think it could be competitive. I mean, like you said, we got to do the right things, not make mistakes, not turn the ball over, uh, you know, kind of help our defense out. You know, our defense, I think, to me, has played pretty well. Uh, just, you know, the games that we've lost, they've been put in really bad situations and been on, on the field a whole lot. So that definitely doesn't help. Um, but I think we have to run the ball well. I think we've got to eat up some clock to help keep it close. But, uh, you know, the way Albion is playing, they can score, you know, really quick. They can do a lot of things on offense. So, I think they'll definitely win the game, but I do like Tennessee to keep it within 21 as well. Um, I think it will be close, not close as in like three points, but close as in within two touchdowns uh, through a good majority of the game. But I think Alabama will make a late score in the second half or so, but I think uh, they'll keep it within the 21. I think final score is going to be 38 to 21. Alabama. Okay. You said hopefully uh, we're completely wrong. Tennessee finds a way to win, but obviously right now that looks like a stretch. Um, they got a lot yeah. of things to figure out, and maybe they use this week to see who can play and get some experience for the stretch of five games after the bye week. So you never know. I mean, things can happen. Big upsets happen all yeah. the time, but realistically it's probably going to be a tough game for Tennessee this week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as long as they, you know, make some adjustments and, correct some of the things they've been doing wrong and play well. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, as we've seen, even our best game of the year versus Alabama's best game of the year, we're not where they're at right now, just like we said with Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia's at that elite status, and we're definitely working our way there, but we're just not quite there yet. We're still making these mistakes that we can't be making, the inconsistencies. So hopefully, you know, we can just gain some ground on the becoming – getting up there and – you know, we can learn some things, and hopefully we just play a good competitive game. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully that takes place. But that's all I got for our uh, for our predictions this week. So we'll we'll get back next week and see see how we did again. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's it for this time. Tune in next week.